2: Chucky's coming to you live on 1067 The Fan and the Team 980 in the DMV. Appreciate you listening to us on 910 The Fan and 105.1 FM in Richmond. And we are streaming live on the Odyssey app. Wherever you may be, you can take us on the go with that Odyssey app. You can also watch us on the Monumental Sports Network, brought to you by Crop Metcalf Official Heating and cooling company the junkies looking to be their next five-star hvac technician or plumber just visit cropmetcalf.com to join their team we thank you for tuning in this wednesday morning february 28th 2024 i'm john paul flame joined by eric Pickle. morning morning johnny cakes here.
3: hello everybody <laughs> good morning to ye and jason bishop yes sir
2: already put up the junkies poll of the day Brought to you by Van Meter Homes. We're going to have Coach Dan Quinn, head coach of the Commanders, on in a half an hour. There you go. Let's go. Jason Bishop, during his days at Salisbury, when he began dabbling in broadcasting as a play-by-play guy, actually interviewed him. Do you think Dan Quinn will remember Bish Bucks interviewing him? Uh. No. I think that there is a small
4: chance. Is there a maybe it's, option? It's a 3% a,
5: chance. I think there might be a little bit more than that just because he probably wasn't interviewed that much in college. It was 31 years ago.
2: Yeah, I
4: know. But I remember things from 30 years ago if it was rare. It might have been longer than that. Either.
2: How many times do you think Dan Quinn was <coughs> interviewed while he was playing at Soul? I mean, it? if
4: he was a star,
5: maybe he was interviewed a lot. No but my guess is he probably wasn't interviewed that much. Well, who knows?
2: I think there's a chance. I think there's a chance. So you can vote at Junk's Radio. We're gonna have Coach Quinn on at six thirty. Which he's not gonna remember Jason. No, but incorrect. I
5: think he would maybe remember being interviewed in college. It's possible. It's possible. Who knows? I went to a bunch of tailgates in college. I don't remember many of them.
3: <laughs> well, it's because you're drinking it starting yeah. at like nine in the morning.
5: I think you remember bits and pieces of college. You don't necessarily remember all the little details. The little details. Right. I'd vote. I'd vote no. You're gonna vote no. I'd yeah. Vote I mean, no. I think that's a safe. That's bet. a good vote. He's a safe bet, but I think there's a
2: small chance. We'll see. Adam Peters, of course, uh, spoke yesterday to Grant and Danny. Mm-hmm. He is the master of the non-answer. I will <laughs> say not that a, listening not to him, oh, he's not um, the only
3: one. I mean, a lot of guys will go up there and just talk for ten or fifteen minutes and give you a whole lot of nothing. The one thing I'll
2: say about his interview with Grant and Danny: very personable, very smooth, soft-spoken. Didn't want guy. to commit to too much. But I agree with the boys. They kind of took out one thing from him, one takeaway. Because he was speaking in vagaries. He wasn't going to commit to anything. But it did seem like he was saying they weren't going to go crazy in free agency. certainly doesn't seem like it's, it. They were going to save some money for next year. Right.
3: <laughs> and I, I look, free agency is, you know, it's a roll of the dice. Sometimes those guys pan out. Other times you sign A William Jackson and give him a lot of money, and you wind up releasing him. I mean, it's it's very hit or miss. So I can understand him in his first year here not wanting to spend, you know, the entire nut in one off season. It's weird too to keep some of it
5: uh, reserved. I listened to Sam Fortier on uh, on Kimes podcast and then some other things, and somebody was talking. I guess he said Eric Eager wrote an article about how getting more having more available cap money than they thought actually wasn't necessarily super helpful to the commanders um by kind of rate maybe i guess the idea is by everybody else getting a little more money to spend didn't necessarily help them. yeah as peter's
2: much. pointed that out himself on the interview he's like well we get 10 million more which is great but so does every other team yeah mm-hmm. so yeah. level playing field eb you were at the uh, wizards game last night to go see steph
5: Mm-hmm. I don't think he cool. shot
2: very well last night.
5: No, he had a horrible game. Did he, did he take the night off? I mean, they got I it into. He was four for sixteen on threes. About. Yeah. I at halftime, yeah. he was. I think at halftime he had zero points. Maybe he had three. Clay Thompson went nuts, didn't he? I wasn't paying much attention. He had I was twenty-five off
3: the bench. I was right? mostly
5: yeah. eating and drinking. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. The Hennessy Loft. If you get an opportunity to sit there, I would highly recommend it. Very cool experience. Um, yeah, you get you get four course meal. You get what uh, you have a ridiculous drink menu.
4: Yeah, um, it's all
3: included, all inclusive,
4: all included. How, Very, many, nice. how many people were in the Hennessy Loft? The loft total.
3: So they're like
5: little booths. Like if you went to a diner and you had like a booth, yeah, like a bunch of booths. I mean, they look like they were pretty much full. Um, so we had four in our booth, right. but I mean, um, all the booths looked like they were pretty much full. Yep. What was
2: your main course? Because Cakes was touting oysters.
3: Now oysters was, I believe, the uh, the appetizer when my son went.
2: Gotcha. No, I don't know. There was so much food. I'm not even sure if I know. I want to exactly. say I remember
5: seeing Noki on yours. Yeah, I did Noki, and then there was some sort of shrimp thing, and I don't know. It was plenty of food. It Got was all awesome. dessert, dessert, dessert tower. Dessert tower was looks, the best looks part. Looks ridiculous. I just destroyed that. Did you try
3: the signature Hennessy drank?
5: No, but I did. My it brother actually sounded pretty good. My brother was ordering old fashions, and you know I like mm. them, so I said, "Yeah, I'll do one too." And then it ended up. I think I ended up having four. Um, You were feeling gut. Well, she just kept bringing them. Yeah. You were feeling gut. Didn't even ask for more. Right. She just kept bringing them, mm. and then uh, yeah. at some point you got you to gotta stop. <laughs> you got to.
3: Right. So, you have to make your so way home. So the big
5: question is how much did you tip? <clears throat> um, We gave $100. There that's you very go. very solid. I think that that's good. I think that's,
3: yeah, that's. You don't like that? No, <laughs> I think 100 bucks is very good. I think good.
5: 100 is. More Hunter, than maybe even she a, had a, a couple tables, a little
3: bit above and beyond, but that's very good.
5: I said, I told my brother, "I said, listen, I'll get fifty, you get 50. I uh-huh. think that's very and, solid. Uh, she was very sweet, and she kept coming back. And we ever need anything, if I wanted a water mm-hmm. or you know
3: whatever, got to mix in a water. For sure, <laughs> I mean, they're just bringing you nonstop. <laughs> Do you have fashions. a bit of a hangover today? I don't have a hangover, but I
5: you're, I, de- I you're know, definitely my... tired. You're very I'm tired. I'm always tired. It doesn't distinguish itself. But I did wake up. I would say this: I did wake up with my head hurting a little bit. But,
2: I mean, four drinks.
5: Yeah, but you know, Solid. I start at seven. Done by nine ish, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, my my head hurt a little bit, but you you drink a little coffee and it pretty much goes away. But um, you'll be in bed early tonight. Mm, I doubt it. I if wish you, I would. Oh well, you'll be in bed for a nap early. Maybe mm-hmm. I might. It's supposed <laughs> to rain today, right? <clears throat> you know, but I highly yeah. recommend. The Hennessy Lofts, I haven't been in the arena, I don't think it's been about a year since I've been, and the the that, the screen they have underneath, kind of like a little mini SoFi thing, maybe they had that a year or two ago, I can't remember. Um, I didn't like the colors, I know they were doing some weird like throwback district jersey thingy. Mm, those, I, I
3: believe, like, the city edition jerseys. Yeah, those are, um,
5: <laughs> didn't even feel like I was at a Wizards game, to be right. honest with you. <laughs>
3: they that. are the, the the color scheme is the a color li- scheme, it's a little bit weird
5: I would describe it as bizarre yeah it's <laughs> I mean I'm 54 years old mm-hmm. and I I mean they just they don't mean anything to me, just those colors. Please so they must bring must be back, like 100 years old. Just
3: bring back the the unis that the Bullets wore in the late 70s. Yeah, I mean, and I'll everybody everybody's very happy with that. I
5: mean, why are we straying from red, white, and blue? All right, All right we're going to take an know.
3: early break because we're going to set up the
2: show for Dan Quinn, who's going to join us right at 630. If you want to chime in throughout the show, you can always call us on the MGM National Harbor. Listener lines at 800-636-1067. Early we're junkies break. coming Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Right back. Welcome back. Chucky's coming to you live on 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980 in the DMV. Going to be joined by the head coach of the Washington Commanders. First time on this show. Coming up at 6.30 a.m. You don't want to miss that. Also, we got the head coach of the Capitals, Spencer Carberry joins us at 9. Rough one last night. But prior to that, they had points in five straight games and had won four or five.
5: A question for you regarding Quinn. Kime yeah. said he thought he was only going to be there for like two days. Is he back in town? I
3: don't know if he's back yet. I mean, we can ask him, but I, I know that he was coming back, I think, to do player evals with the rest of his staff. Yeah, like Kime said he staff.
5: thought he was flying back on Tuesday night, and then he, he could watch the, the mm. workouts via okay. Zoom. Well, we I don't know. Ask him.
4: Flying back here. To, That's what back he here? said, oh.
2: but he didn't know for sure. But Wouldn't be surprised. surprised. I mean, a lot of these coaches aren't going to be at the Combine. I don't think that's a big deal. If They're going to have back people at the. Combine. Yesterday,
3: I'm going to guess he wasn't with all the steerage in a in a security Dallas, line. I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess this time he saw mm. the,
2: the, the private
3: jet. <laughs> Not
2: like he was when he was flying back after his
3: second interview. That's correct.
4: Got you. What yeah. if he found a place to live yet? Well, we that's what him. you're interested. In.
3: I'm going to guess. <laughs> I'm gonna, How long has he been here? When was the date of the official hire? I can't
4: has remember. to have been two I'm, weeks ago, three weeks ago.
3: I'm going to say he's found a place.
4: No, I'm gonna say he's I a he temporary settled spot. In. Temporary you think he's in spot.
5: like
3: executive house? I don't even know. Right is he married. Yeah, he's married. He's
5: right? married but his yeah. wife. Yeah, his yeah. wife yeah. might be on it. She might be on it.
4: Hmm. So we got Dan enough. Quinn. How long yeah. do we have him for?
5: Drabby.
2: I think the rest of the hour is what we're hoping for. Oh, jeez. So that's why we're trying to take <laughs> some early <laughs> Drab,
3: breaks. A little bit under his breath. No, we're I mean, hoping. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, as long as possible. He's got to go, and then we'll fill in the gaps after that. Okay, yep.
2: good. <clears throat> so Dan Quinn, 630, Spencer Carberry at 9. Let's open up the Junkie Sports page, though, brought to you by Offenbachers. Visit them in Annapolis, Rockville, or Herndon. They have a huge selection of outdoor furniture, fire pits, hot tubs, and swim spas.
4: Well, JP, you're looking at it uh, the glass half full when you say that uh, you know the Caps have had points in five of their last six. But last night was a that was a big loss. Last night was big a beatdown, and it wasn't just the loss; it was the fact that Philly won as well. So the yep. team that you're really chasing, Jason's is, buried them. This was during the commercial. Yeah, a lot break of I mean, was it's balking. like it's
3: like a funeral.
2: Home it's in not here. official.
4: <laughs> I just think six points is <laughs> going to be a lot to make up. It's oh, definitely a lot. It's and, a lot and, and to and make buried up.
2: Buried them last night. Look, they were down four to one. I put the game on in the second period. They scored a goal four to two. Then at the end of the second period, they had a power play. Opportunity yeah. to get it to four to three mm-hmm. before the end of the period. They had a turnover and they gave up a shorty. Shorty mm. to, me, so that was, to always, me, that was I a mean, dagger. I because get
3: demoralized when I see one, let alone look like the guys that are on the ice or on the bench. Like that just just has to just crush you when that happens.
2: Yeah, so all of a sudden it was a three goal game entering the third period and sayonara gave up a couple more goals eight to three
4: i'm just surprised that you know when i when i saw the final score i said oh was darcy in that (laughs) (laughs) because i was surprised that he gave up eight yeah i don't know how many of them were on him or how many were on you know just the breakdowns in the defense but you just didn't expect them to give up that many goals with with Lindgren in net. So I only saw a couple a, of them. Very I mean, surprising to me.
2: One of them, Locker said that he he, he was blocked, so mm-hmm. he gave up that. When he gave up the shorthanded one, I don't know if you're expected to stop basically a two-one. One break. True,
4: it's probably t- difficult. I'm not sure I'd give. The that to only him.
3: good thing that could have come out of that game was uh like a garbage time Ovi goal. We didn't even get that. Yeah, I didn't get so it. We didn't get that to add to the tracker. Yeah,
2: hmm. I think they're starting in more production from some of these young kids. Though, yeah,
3: Lapierre has been a revelation the last couple games. Who scored their second goal? I believe it was. uh Let me see. It was. LaPierre scored first. Scarbosa. Got his Scarbosa, how old is he? Uh, he's pretty young, too. I'd have to look at his age. I don't know it off the top of my head. But he's a guy that they recall from time to time uh, from Hershey when he guys t- get
4: injured. He's actually older. He's 31. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I just wasn't young.
3: as familiar with him. Yeah. and Scarbosa is kind of like a lifetime grinder gotcha. in, the, in the lower levels and gets to call up from time to time. Yeah. But, it, you know, when he produces, you, you like to see it. Sucks that it happened in an 8-3 ball out,
4: I didn't but. expect them to, lo- to win the game. I thought it was going to be difficult for them to, you know, on a back-to-backer, even though they've played well in back-to-backers this year. But I didn't expect them to win the game. Uh, but I didn't expect that. And, I, sense, and I, I thought that Tampa might be able to take down Philly. I sense but they're they got transitioning too. They got crushed 6-2. Mm-hmm.
2: I sense they're transitioning from some of the older veteran players to some of the younger guys. That's why I asked you about Scarbosa. Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, they're somewhat limited, but... <clears throat> We talked about it with the trade deadline coming up. Teams want some of these vets. I could see that happening. And then slowly but surely more and more of the young guys joining this roster. Um, When we talked to Alan May, he was talking about some of the young guys who skate better, Mm -hmm. faster, more speed. So I think there's going to be transition from this season to next season as they
3: try to get younger. Well, and also, too, because LaViolette, when he was here, he would just basically refuse to play the young guys. Like he had, he had no love for any of the young players on the roster. So those guys, like their development, was just stunted while he was here. Carberry, obviously, much more willing to mm-hmm. lean into the younger guys. He has to because and some of it's his, not even his choice. Core is aging. Yeah, some of it's
2: not even choice. I mean, back
3: he's not part of the team anymore. Kuzi's right. Kuzi's on
2: whatever you call
3: that list. He's on uh, the NHLPA, like su- like player player something i can't remember the exact name of it but he sidelined indefinitely right
4: now after the game carberry said we're not going to just flush it there's a lot of structure things that we need to get cleaned up we've played well that game was a one-off for our group okay so he's just saying Look, we just played like crap <laughs> right. for one night probably needed- and and to defend
3: my guys <laughs> they faced the red Wings, so i believe are on a six-game heater yeah. I mean that that team is surging right now. I, mean, and they I think face them safe. on the, the end of a back to back.
5: Even if they lose like the next three or four, I mean losing a three is a one off. Yeah, I would I think
4: mean, that's not something that really happens. But you're kind of in a position now where you need to at least, <clears throat> at the worst, stay stagnant in the standings and not lose points. Right. And when you're losing points, you're losing games, and the team that you're chasing is winning. So you're you know you're going from four to six. That's hard. So um, Washington will face the Flyers on Friday night. Is that game here, Cakes? The game, I
3: believe, is at Capital One. I would double-check that, but I'm 99% sure it's here.
4: Yeah. Yep, uh, against right.
3: the Flyers, 7 p.m. puck drop.
4: All right, so NBA last night. Warriors come I'm no, not a surprise here. The Warriors come in and win. Wasn't their best effort, even offensively, because Steph did not shoot the ball well. But Clay Thompson off the bench had a big game. Has Keith
3: only won two games as the head coach?
2: Two and,
4: the I think he's 2-13. and 13.
3: And I want to say there were two of his first three? Probably. EB, did you get there in time to watch Steph do his warm-ups?
5: I saw some of it. I didn't see. He didn't, like, I don't think he, if he did, I didn't notice it because he was on the other side of the court. Mm-hmm. I don't think he shot from the tunnel or anything. Okay. But we did see him warm up. Um, yeah, he didn't shoot very well yesterday, cakes. No, he didn't. How, he, many,
4: how many threes did the Warriors make? You're asking the wrong guy.
5: Uh, right. i'm gonna guess don't, the, i don't want
4: to ask the guy who saw the game
5: i, I, didn't, I didn't go
3: i
2: didn't stay to the end
5: i'm gonna
3: guess just take a guess how many they made yeah how many they 10 made? 7
2: 20. 21 21 oh,
3: yeah. okay. seven <laughs> i just
5: do when you go these, there this 1950s i don't know the <laughs> hennessy loft is so nice to
4: so just the eating and drinking right, you just you get just,
5: distracted yeah you're <laughs> barely watching the <a> game <laughs> right. it's just
4: and you're just the there game's
5: like an afterthought yeah they, it's like yeah
4: well, Steph did not shoot the ball well. He was 6-for-21, 4-for-16, only finished with 18. So that parlay I gave you, no, scoring loser. 25, big I loser. I can't believe And then did, he didn't go over the total either. Uh, not even
5: close, really. the, I'm telling you, for 30 minutes of that game, he had three points. Yeah.
2: Um, Wasn't his best game, but they got the dub anyway. And Keith, the head coach of the Wizards, first couple games, you're like, man, they're a different team. Yeah, but sure. now I believe because the Spurs <laughs> won. They have the worst record in the NBA, the Wizards. Or
3: they're tied with the Pistons, I believe. No, the oh, yeah, I, mean the, I meant the Pistons. Yeah, I meant yeah. the okay. Pistons. They're, they're right there. Let's go. Let's go, Wiz. All right, coming up next, we got the head coach
2: of the Washington Commanders, Dan Quinn, joins us next at
0: 630 right here on the... Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road.
2: Welcome back. Junkies, Coming to you live on 106.7 The Fan and the Team 980 in the DMV. 910 The Fan and 105.1 FM in Richmond, VA. And we are streaming live all across the country on the Odyssey app. You can also watch us on the Monumental Sports Network. Excited to have right now joining us a fellow Seagull, Jason Bishop. Yes, sir. Yeah. Dan Quinn, head coach of your Washington mm-hmm. Commanders. Coach, thanks for joining everybody? us this morning. <laughs>
1: yeah, man. I'm pumped to be on with you guys, and uh, I, I can't wait to get everything rocking here. So, how's it going with you guys? We're doing, doing great. Right.
2: What is your normal morning <laughs> routine? Like, when do you typically get up during the season, during the off offseason, your early riser?
1: Yeah, I'm an early riser. Sometimes uh, you can get in, get a quick workout, uh, and then just get, get rocking on stuff early. So, yeah, I, I use those hours in the morning before, you know, the team arrives uh, to get Um, get a jump start, get clear-headed on on what you got to get done. So here at the Combine um, in the mornings are some of the interviews and that type of thing, and then um, breaks during the day, visit with different people, and then, you know, as the week gets on and workouts and stuff as the week goes. a little bit different routine uh, here in Indianapolis too.
3: So, Coach, getting to know you a little bit, what is in your earbuds when you're doing either your your work out there at the Combine or I've seen videos of you doing the pregame ritual of running and or walking – the stadium steps. What's what's on Coach Quinn's playlist? Give us a sampling.
1: <laughs> I would, there'd be a lot. I would say I am a uh, product. There's like '90s hip hop or like some classic rock. So there could be some ac or Jovi or White Snake going at one day, and then <laughs> on another day, uh, like you know old-school hip-hop from, from my era. So, uh, Doug E. Fresh. I, yeah, that, that's e. our e. era.
3: I mean, we're, we're the same age, so I, I feel that.
5: Yeah, we have a little side wager going here, Coach. So you were a star at Salisbury. Jason was a young broad... broad...
1: Hold on. Let's not get twisted early on. <laughs> All
5: right. Oh, you were
4: a stud, no, no doubt. Was, but
5: but here's the question. So you were kind of a stud there at Salisbury. Jason was a young broadcasting prodigy. He didn't yep. even know it.
4: Yeah, I was. And
5: he said he interviewed you back in college. How many interviews did you do when you were back <laughs> well, at Salisbury? Well,
4: well, Coach, hold on. First of all, um, I interviewed you because we had one on-campus sports show. and It was called Sports Rap. And it was the on-campus <laughs> right? radio program that you could only listen to on the televisions in the dorm rooms. <laughs> All right, so there was no antenna somewhere where you can catch it on the radio in your cars. But you and uh, I know you remember Ben Hutchins, the quarterback. Um, would, you came in a couple times and did interviews on campus with me and another co-host called Sports Rap. And that was 1993. It was a long time ago. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, well, I knew they gave you big jobs early, man. That, that's, <laughs> they, they did. That's surprising, they You know, and give you big stuff to get everybody rocking. So, Yes, of course. Um, Like all the media stuff that we did, it was big back at Salisbury back in the day, you know. So no doubt (laughs) about (laughs) it.
2: Did you really? When did you start thinking about coaching? Because you went from there, and then you—I think you went to William and Mary first, and had kind of a, a like a typical coach. Kind of worked your way up in college, then to the pros. You went back to University of Florida, but when did it click for you? Hey, I think I want to do this for a living.
1: I probably knew early on that's what I wanted to do. Um, you know, coming up, I wanted to to coach and teach, and so I thought uh, coming up like through you know youth football and you know hockey and baseball and track and field. Like there were a lot of coaches that poured into me, and so when I went to college, I majored in education. I was thinking on you know, elementary ed and, and coach, and then get into college state, you know, to do this full-time and still teach just in a different way was really the way that I went after it. So, um, that's when I, you know, got rolling and, uh, asked my parents, Hey, I need one more year of scholarship because my first year at VMI, I volunteered. <laughs> I knew that's a Right.
3: Mary. So, uh,
1: they're awesome To Uh, yeah, we can keep, keep putting the bill. So I did that for a year at William Mary and it was a really cool place to start coaching about what good could look like. The guy, um, he retired just a few years back, and Jimmy Laycock, and he was an excellent coach. So, like my very first runway on the coaching side, to saw what good looked like, and uh, in fact, two of the you know players that were on that team ended up becoming good friends, who are now NFL head coaches. That was Mike Tomlin and Sean McDermott. Wow! And so I was just a year older than Mike, so you know it comes. Like, pick me up come on we're going for fraternity party it's okay so I said, this coaching gig pretty good you know, and uh <laughs> there from there i went to vmi and uh did that for a year and then to Hoster out in long island for five years so yeah i did seven years um in college before uh going into the nfl but uh yeah i knew um all along that uh love football and so i thought if there was a way that i would do that um to make my living then coaching would be the way to do it so yeah it's, it's having looked back man it's been uh an awesome football life that I got to lead. And uh, it took me around the world, man. It's, it's been a blast.
3: Joined by Dan Quinn, head coach of the Washington Commanders. So when when you're in those early formative years, did you ever see like off in the distance, you know, like 30 years later, you'd be a two-time NFL head coach. You would have led a team to the Super Bowl. Did you ever see that when you are at those early stops, like William & Mary and VMI, like you touched no, on? No,
1: definitely not. Yeah, when you're uh, taking the film uh, – down to the Roanoke airport, you know, so you could uh, do the film exchange with another college, you know, that you definitely didn't think that. So um, at that point, you know, like the coaching was honestly about the impact and it still is to me, you know, about that you can, you know, have on others and the influence that is. And so that connection, you know, from people from that team, like I said, I still keep up with Mike and Sean, not because they're NFL coaches. I probably would have anyway. There's, you know, certain people that I still kept, you know, still keep up with from William Mary and, same from vmi and Hofstra, and so that's why i got into it like i honestly love being part of a team and that connection with others that you get to do like these incredible things together um that's what pulled that me to want to become a coach and so all these years later um it's still that same energy that makes you want to be part of something doing it with, with other people
4: coach i don't know how many teams you, you actually interviewed before you took the the washington job but can you compare the process the interview process with Washington with Adam Peters and with uh, Josh Harris to 10 years ago when you were um, interviewing for the Atlanta job was it pretty much the same or is it a lot different
1: no it was definitely a lot different I would say you know kind of like not one of them is exactly the same you know I think that's what's kind of fun about like the NFL as well because not every organization is run exactly the same sometimes an owner you know might be you know, there at the office running things every day to be a part of it. Others are not into that space. And so I would say what was unique about um the one here is some outside um consultants that were a really big part of that. And so to get to talk to Bob Myers was really interesting to me because I hadn't known him um but I'd you know watched from afar through, you know, Steve Kerr and I certainly followed Golden State because of Steve. And so I saw their relationship. I saw what that was. So I knew he would have perspective. Um, I would known Rick Spielman, um, who was on the panel, um, and, you know, been close with him for a really long time. He was the, the general manager when I first went to the Miami Dolphins with Nick Saban. And so hearing different perspectives and different questions just from their point of view, and then, you know, from Adam, from his side, so I thought what made Washington unique was, there was a lot of experience on that panel and, you know, went deep into questions and staffing and situations. And so um, I really appreciate that because the dialogue was familiar for me. And I think probably the second thing is from, you know, 10 years ago is when you haven't done the job, you don't, you don't really know what, you know, comes across your desk. And uh, so, you know, when you get a second lap at something, you know, it's, you know, what to expect, you know, a little bit more, but I was really selective in what I was looking for too. So it just is uh one of those times in your life where you're at the right spot at the right time with the right people, and that's why I was so lit up about uh, having the chance to come here,
5: coach. It sounds like you're still in Indianapolis. I don't know if you're going to be there the whole week. I think a lot of coaches can watch the drills from home. Whatever, don't necessarily have to be there. Um, are you there to for like your people reading skills? I, by the way, I consider myself an elite people reader. It takes me about two cool. seconds. I can I can measure you. Um, why are you not here at the combine, then? I, dude? You should hire me. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. He would take a job as an overpaid consultant. Yeah, you, uh, you should hire me. I'm a, I'm a lead at it. In fact, when I, I didn't even need to meet Micah Parsons. All I needed to do was see that guy walk down when they introduced mm-hmm. his name yeah. uh, at the draft. But
4: here's the problem, Coach. He would complain about the travel <laughs> well, all the time. Not on a private I, jet, he would. But,
5: but, but my positives outweigh my negatives. <laughs> but are, are you there, Coach, for that kind of thing, to look guys in the eye, to get a sense of them? Or are you there for other reasons?
1: No, it's definitely the first one. Like, I'm, in my opinion, you have to you have to get to the man before the ball player. Mm-hmm. And if you can do that, you'll have a much better chance to reach the ball player. And that's why having these interviews and, you know, getting in front of guys is important. And this is just one of those touch points. There'll be other times at pro days, and then we have visits that, uh, you know, we can go, there'll be other calls we can make to them. And then there's others that we can bring, you know, to you know, to Ashburn, you know, on 30 visits, where you get 30 you know players and that you're allowed to have in, you know, on a one-on-one setting. So it's a good start to it. But yeah, the most important part from the coaching side for me is getting to know these guys. And sometimes you're right. You just have a good sense. Man, this guy's a good fit. I, you know, it confirmed all the things the scouts had said about him. Or mm-hmm. let's say there was an issue or a situation that may have come up, and you got to get to the bottom of it. So not every conversation is exactly the same here because it goes for 20 minutes at a time. And so you sometimes you have to spend more time on one topic, and then you can watch a little bit of football video to, you know, there's some cut-ups that we make that they mm-hmm. can watch and explain it and detail it. And so in a short time, you're just trying to find some, you know, where they are on their football smarts, where they are, you know, in their drive, you know, what makes them who they are. And uh, then the whole medical side, that's really, and I'm sure you guys know that why the Combine started is, for the ability to get physicals, you know, so they didn't have to go from team to team to team to, you know, to, to get physical. So gotcha. um, that's the two big reasons. And then the workout part of it, those were, you know, add-ons at the end, but the, not the main, the main purpose for it, for sure.
3: So coach, some NFL head coaches skipped the scouting combine. You clearly feel like there's value to being there. Is, is there good relationship building going on between you and Adam Peters and the rest of the scouting staff in Indy so far?
1: Yeah, and it is important um, just to to feel that vibe. You know, Adam and I, we watch, you know, a lot of tape together. We communicate, you know, on a regular basis about a lot of things. But just, you know, this was our first time, you know, being in an interview with a player together. So, like, all these firsts of tape together, going through meetings together, you know, and so seeing him do his thing uh, here has been impressive to watch. Um, And so I'd known that he was good, but it's kind of like, you know, But when you see it in action, you're like, okay, I get it. This, this guy's elite at what he does. And so it's been very cool for me to watch that as well.
2: Talking to the new head coach of the Washington Commanders, Dan Quinn, here on the Junkies. Yesterday, or maybe it was the day before, Adam Peters spoke about drafting Brock Purdy in San Francisco. And I don't know if this was a slip. He said, I'm going to have to find another, another quarterback. And I want to relate that to Sam Howell, does that mean Sam Howell doesn't have a shot to start this year?
1: No, I think you're definitely reading into things, <laughs> which is absolutely the job. And I think, uh, you know, like as we're going through, we're, we're absolutely digging on every part of the team and uh, just trying to find a competitive edge in every spot, whether that's, you know, wide receiver, DN, you know, O-line, corner, like whatever it is, that's what we're digging on. So, um, but it was, um, you know, when you're talking about a player like, like brock there's value all over and so that's really what it's about to say it might be the next brock Purdy at a different position it's like how did this guy go to be a you know a seventh round pick to you know being as you know a, this wide receiver that you know exploded in the league and so those things are kind of what makes the scouting circle fun because why didn't everybody else see what you saw and so um you know, as you're going through, I think it, it really just applies to everybody. But, no, I've, we've had, uh, you know, already conversations with Sam and uh, the tough, aggressive player, like, you know, for me, I had a chance to compete against uh, the team, you know, over the last few years. Um, saw firsthand um, how talented he is.
5: Yeah, I think a lot of it is fit, actually, right? it Could explain why some guys hit and where they hit, that sort of thing? And, uh, you know, obviously when you were hired here, everybody talked about your leadership and, and being a leader of men and that kind of thing. But also, I mean, elite defensive guy. Um, we saw firsthand what you did with that Dallas defense. Um, clearly, we've already talked about him. I think everybody probably asked you about Micah. Micah's a unicorn as far as I'm concerned, right? This guy's a freak. Um, I'm I'm intrigued not only in, in your leadership style, but how, how you're going to mold this defense. And some of the guys mocked me. Some of our listeners really better and our young linebacker who hasn't produced anywhere near Micah, and that's Jamin Davis. And a lot of times, like, we'll go back to that fit thing. Sometimes, do you see a way that you can get more production out of a guy like Jamin Davis, who's got measurables and athletic skill that hasn't necessarily quite translated
1: yet? I think that's the the whole key to this, isn't it? And so when you come into a spot like this, you want to get all – the tape, all the cut ups on right. the players to find out what makes them unique. And so finding for a guy like Jamin says, okay, can I see all of his blitzes and rushes, you know, from his time here and even from Kentucky, so I can see what does that look like for him going forward. I what is the burst? Can we teach him, you know, hand usage if the burst and the acceleration is right. So you're exactly right. To find, you know, basically what is somebody's superpower, and then how do you get to go feature it? Because it doesn't have to be one size fits all. And if there's some things that somebody can do better than anybody else, then you try to make sure you feature that player in that, whether it's whatever the skill set is. And so um, basketballs definitely influenced me on that. If a guy's a catch and shoot player, like you put him on the perimeter and you, you know, get op- you know, options for him to go take those shots. It's no different in football. If somebody's excellent at guarding a tight end. If there's somebody who's got unique rush ability, if there's a unique blitzer, if there's a wide receiver that can really carry the ball and do things you know, from the backfield, if there's a running back that can split out wide to do stuff, if there's a, a quarterback that can use his legs uh, to be a dual threat, like you feature that player in the things that they do great. So that's the kind of the secret sauce to me is finding on our own team unique traits And the same thing here in the draft to make sure that's how we do it. But when I look at the roster,
5: from afar and just being naive, I don't see a lot because they haven't produced. But do you see kind of some gems here where you feel like you could put these guys in a different position and get more out of them? Do you see more than just like one or two guys that you think you could really get more out of that are currently on your roster?
1: And that's, yeah, that's the key that you want to do to find – you know the players to say okay what if this position change happened you know like and so we're using you know the example of playing man-to-man so that's a pretty easy one to see what happened when the player was targeted Mm -hmm. and so like when you're talking about man-to-man plays you can literally check those plays and say hey this guy's really good at you know guarding a running back or he's really strong playing into the slot and you know the same thing as a you know, like a wide receiver, like I said, who, you know, what does it happen when he, you know, carries the ball or you know runs screen? So I am looking at that, and I have found, um, you know, some things into players to say, let's see if we can feature this over and over and over again. And then the other part is like you also have to develop it because sometimes you'll try it and say, you know what, that's not the right thing. Let's keep going. So the offseason and training camp is some time to explore that with players, both who are here and who will be new to the roster. And not all of those changes work out, but a lot of them do. And then Mm -hmm. once we know that, hey, man, this is what we're going to ask you to do. And that's when the roles start to do and say, if you can do this one thing, you know, better than anybody else, that's how we're going to feature you here. And uh, it's been successful when we're able to find the guys that can do that.
4: Talking to uh, Commander's Head Coach Dan Quinn. I used to hang out at Shelly's Circle Bar with Dan (laughs) Quinn back in 1992-93. Now,
1: that is probably an accurate
4: yeah Uh, yeah yeah yeah. you'd go you'd be playing pool in that pool hall um i wanted to ask you about the coaching staff and like the hiring process for going out and getting the staff together and one of the knocks one of the knocks on coach rivera coach was um he hired a lot of guys that didn't have a lot of experience you kind of flipped the script you went out and got a lot of experienced guys including guys who've been head coaches like kingsbury like Cliff Kingsbury and um, Anthony Lynn. Lynn. So you went out, you know, Ken Norton Jr., the Johnsons, a lot of experienced guys. You knew Joe Witt, obviously, from Dallas. But specifically with Kingsbury, um, we talked a lot about him when you guys were were looking for an O.C. And um, I thought he did a pretty good job when he was a head coach. His offense got better in Arizona, but obviously it didn't work out for him as a head, head coach. But can you explain maybe the similarities, if you see any, between kingsbury and when you hired kyle shanahan as your oc in atlanta
1: well i'd say the first you know easy answer because the first part there is similarities about why um, kyle was there to say this was a person that could attack the, the entire field so it's horizontally with wide zone run games screens and perimeter stuff and then downfield shots where you could really extend and then explode on the whole field so that's where it all started and the similarities between those two, I think as an office coordinator, you better know how to attack. And uh, that includes the run game. That includes all parts of it. So when you can do that, uh, that's to me where it's the, you know, the tough teams to defend. And then as far as Cliff goes, the other part that, that does light me up, you know, he has, you know, sat in the seat. He can see behind some of the corners that uh, that could be coming up. And it also, one thing that I know he's excited about is, it also frees you up to absolutely go for it. So, you know, becoming a head coach and um, in the NFL is hard and adding play calling to that, um, you know, like those are really challenging things. So I know he's absolutely um, lit up about just calling the plays and being in the offense and doing that and not all the other things that go into being a head coach and merging the offense, the defense, the special teams, you know, the messaging, all of that that has to take place as a head coach. So, uh, the best version of him is absolutely right here with us right now. And so we're really fired up to get rocking with him too.
4: Coach, do you think he'll be a booth OC or on the field guy? Or do you, you even talk about that we, yet?
1: We haven't even hit that yet.
4: And um, okay,
1: it'll, we have enough staff to, to maneuver around on the field and off. And, you know, it depends on the quarterback and, you know, the communication with that. So we've done it both in Atlanta. One year Kyle was down, one year was up, but it was better up where you could see it and visit with Matt post you know, series compared to, you know, on the field with him. So um, I'll let that play out. And I may even take that into preseason some. Uh, Where does it go with Brian, who's here, who's got plenty of experience as well. And, you know, how can we best support Cliff and the quarterbacks uh, with the group that we have? So, um, yeah, we'll work through that, but uh, we haven't made any decisions on that part yet.
2: Coach Quinn, first let me say, we really appreciate all the time you're giving us. <laughs> I wanted you. to see if you're willing to do a quick word association with us, okay? So just first things that pop into your head when I give it, and you don't have to go long on them. Uh, Terry McLaurin. Explosive. Jonathan Allen. Dominant. Sam Howell. tough. Drake May. Athletic. Caleb Williams.
1: D.C.
4: <laughs> there
1: you go. Good Daniels. Game changer. Oh, I like that
2: answer.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got a question for you. When you get down to it, it'll both be, I mean, you obviously you're not gonna tell us what you're gonna do. Don't expect you to by any stretch. We are not hundred percent accurate by you guys. Right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. But if if you got, let's say you guys lock in at some point on drafting a quarterback, being a being the head coach, and then with Cliff's experience and with Adam, how much it, like, can you divide up, like, whose opinion matters the most? Does your opinion matter the most? Does Adam's opinion matter the most? Or does Cliff's opinion matter the most? I'm not it's going to be collaborative. That's
1: an, easy one. that's an easy one. Adam. Adam? Is it? Okay.
5: And and that's based on what?
1: Putting people in the roles of things they kick ass at. hmm
5: Uh-huh. And so him just, like, evaluate. So you trust his, like, player ev- evaluation talent, like, more than anybody?
1: Correct.
3: Wow. Okay, Coach Quinn, this is a very important question. Are you going to be a backwards hat guy as a head coach or a forward hat guy? Because in Dallas, you were a backward hat guy up in the booth. <laughs> I need to know these things. That's a bald guy, a fellow bald guy.
1: I don't know. I guess we got to work that out. Let's see the hat collection first, then we can make a decision. <laughs> okay. Would the okay. league
5: let you wear your hat backwards on the sideline? Did I they let know.
2: you? Dude, they
1: let
5: Not Belichick
3: sure. look like a bum. <laughs> He's Bill Belichick. He oh, does whatever he wants. Also, I did not know that you had a Jordan shoe fetish. You, Is that true? He does.
1: Scott, uh, he... I'm not going to a fetish. This sounds weird. Okay, so uh, Collection. So gonna...
3: Collection's a better word.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely down with a collection. And, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, Jordan 11s are my thing. So, that, that's the one. How All many right. do you have? Um, Probably somewhere between, like, 700 or 800.
2: That, that's
1: the real collection. Jeez. That's a real collection. Does your
3: wife even have any
2: closet no, space?
1: Like, like 10 or
4: 11 pairs. Oh, yeah.
1: Okay. okay. You threw
3: us for a second there. Oh, okay. I know. I've got
1: to have a little fun on the radio okay. in the morning. Yeah, no, yeah please yeah, yeah.
4: do. Yeah. All right. Well, well co- Coach, uh, thanks a lot for the time. Uh, I'll tell you what, Commanders fans are excited. They obviously were very disappointed in, in how everything ended last year. But when you bring in a whole new staff, you know, obviously new owner, new coaching staff, number two pick in the draft a lot of money to spend in free agency commanders fans are pumped they are even though they only had four wins last year but it's like you know let's flip the script let's start over so they are excited there's
1: there's a lot of energy here you'd be uh you know i was uh almost overwhelmed the amount of people that that wanted to be part of what's being built here and uh that part was really cool as a coach to to feel on the other side of it and uh I'm excited to go through this whole process with free agency and the draft and, and everything else. We're not going to miss one step along the way.
5: Thank you, coach. We really appreciate it. We hope to get you
3: on again.
4: All right, get after it. Yep. All right, thank All right, you, buddy. Thanks for the time. There he is. Get after it. He
3: loves. Let's get rocking. That right. is his number one seat. He's like he's a,
5: he's he's a high energy guy. He certainly yep. is. Yep. Were is. you
3: were you were <clears throat> you surprised
5: that he said that was an easy one? That's it's basically an Adam Peters decision.
2: No, because. I can't remember who established it. It might have been, I'm trying to remember who came on the show who said when he was in Atlanta, I think mm-hmm. it was Dmitriov. Mm-hmm. Yes. We had Dmitriov on the show. He said it was in Atlanta. They actually gave Quinn, I think he called it the all 53, yeah. mm-hmm. where all the decisions had ended with Quinn. Mm-hmm. And that he learned from that and that he was going to delegate and defer. Mm-hmm. So this time it is GM makes the last call. It sounds like does yeah, G- got...
5: making most of the call. Like, it's like largely, this is a largely an Adam Peters decision.
4: Yeah, and, I, and I'm not disputing that. I'm sure he's got a big role in it. But you know guys like Dan Quinn and Kingsbury have input. Oh, yeah. They've For got sure. input. And that For was sure, one of it the traits. Like he's going to lean
5: on Adam. I, I'm
4: sure he is.
2: But I, that was one of the traits that they liked about Quinn, that he actually is a good evaluator, so he'll be talking with him. We'll yeah. talk about it throughout the show. 800-636-1067. That was head coach.